0: Thank you, Edna. Uh, to start this morning, I'd like to ask you to take a look just for a second at the picture on the front of your bulletin. It took on different meaning for me during the last week as we prepared for Christmas Eve and for Christmas worship. Our two services are a bit different. And last night, one of the influences for me was someone named Catherine Hawk herself. Who is self described as a 40 something pastor pondering the meaning of life with kids that turned into adolescents when she wasn't looking? And just to make life interesting, Catherine says, I'm a graduate of Calvin College and United Seminary in the Twin Cities, serving a United Church of Christ Church near Eden Seminary. And probably more information than we need to know, she tells us that she detests broccoli and sound bites and that she hopes to be wise by the time she turns 60. She loves writing toddlers, Sudoku, and pretty things. Well, I have recently turned 60 and wise is still elusive, which is why I turn to others beyond my own thoughts for help, and to God, the God beyond all of our ability to know God when more is needed. I think that, in fact, if we were able, or any of us were able to know everything there was about God, we would have a damaged God. If we could just define God, think of, that, think of the limitations that would place on what God is to us, whether by a particular name, or in more general terms, as a higher power. However it is you know God, it would seem to me that it's best that God is always more, that we can understand. But still, without fully knowing all the mystery and the wonder about God, in most ways, we still fundamentally, we know the right things to do. I mean, we know peace is a good thing. We know love is a good thing. We know that hope is helpful. And we know how wonderful joy can be. And I think that deeply in all of our hearts and our lives, we have a desire to bring that to others. But sometimes we have the hardest time getting that down, having that take place in the ways that we hope for. Paul the evangelist might have been talking about all of us today when he spoke a long time ago about the time that will come when he meets his maker, when that journey is complete. He says, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Paul brings to mind a a recent prayer that I've rediscovered, or a prayer that I knew that I've rediscovered. It's called Patient Trust, and it's written by the Jewish theologian Taylor de Chardin. The prayer states in part, Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We are impatient of being on the way to something, something unknown, something new. Still, being on the way to knowing everything completely, as Paul states or as Deschardins states, on the way to something new, it doesn't mean that the path is always easy. It doesn't mean that there are not unexplainable conditions through which we find it necessary to sometimes travel. What they, Chardin, Paul, and others call us to is the hope and the hopefulness of such full and complete times when the one who sent us meets us. What that also means for me is that all of those who have gone before us, those who we remember, especially around this time of the holidays, those who have had their reunion with the one who sent them, they now await us for when it is our time to return home. Yesterday was my brother's birthday, Michael, who was killed when he was 18 more than 40 years ago. I thought of him, and I think of my dad, who died early in October, who is now there being greeted by Michael. And I am certain in ways that I cannot understand that they, with others, all others who have gone before and now enjoy that peace beyond all understanding, that they are, as my friends in the 12-step program say, happy, joyous, and free beyond anything we can imagine. And this, in our Christian tradition, has to do with the most amazing turn of events, a reversal of form, I think. And it is where Catherine Hawk herself comes in for me. In our call to worship prayer last night, I used a prayer from Catherine. And in part, it read, we ask, If you will come into this world, we have messed up. Those are my words. We ask this not because we are guilt-ridden, God, or want to be, but because the fullness of our lives longs for and depends upon us being as open and vulnerable to you as you were to us when you came, wearing no more than diapers and trusting human hands. To hold their maker. That caught my attention. That in the picture. Caught my attention. The idea that God. Placed Jesus Christ. Into our hands to care for. To learn from. To know and to love. From. So that we might come to believe. Better in all of the things. That Paul and others have spoken about all of the things that we hope for, starting with him, in whatever the diapers of the times were. And it is in this way that all children come into this world totally dependent upon others. This is something about the way in which God depends upon us. For me, I think it confirms a trust that God has with us, that God make clear has made clear many times before from the time of the covenant with Moses until the times we live in today. In other words, I think, it means that God does not believe that we can fail even when we make terrible blunders. Blunders which perhaps will diminish with time as we come more and more to realize that we are trusted by God with such trust that we have such enormous power in that trust and that we are actually capable of doing something to change the world for the better. Even when we did Jesus such wrong, neither Jesus nor God nor the Spirit abandoned us. To me, that is the love that we recall in the most exceptional presentation of the birth that we remember. And in this day and the days that follow, it is as I said before, that birth that's reflected in pictures in other ways during this time. And it also is the world in that picture that is compressed about that place where Jesus was born. All of the world compressed, called together to hold and care for the love that has been placed into our midst. In closing, let me just say something that I think also is true. I don't think the world has ever been right. There would have been no need for the intervention of God, for any other prophets, for any other deities, for those that different traditions rely upon, if in fact things were so good at the time of their presence. Then I also believe that there is no going back to some place to make things better. We are here. And we are doing what those before us have tried to do time and time again to somehow make things a little bit better in whatever ways we find ourselves called to do so. We are here, born into this day in the same way that Jesus was born into that night, to bring hope and love, promise and justice, heart and breath in ways that reflect the trust God has always had in us And the power we have had with God in our lives to make this world a new kingdom on earth. Recognizing always that we are incomplete until that time. That time again when we stand in the presence of God. So it is not just the birth of Jesus that we celebrate tonight, I think. It is the rebirth of each of us as those who care for God in this world. care for others for God in this world and it is close to the same way that God has trusted us to care for God's son named Jesus we have much to do and in, in this service of scriptures and readings and silence and light and meditation I invite you to enter into this space this world as the real crush. Not some object on display, but this world is a real crush we have been given and for which we and our considerable gifts have been called.